Well, good morning. It's good to be here with our faith family this morning, worshiping together, joining our voices and our hearts uh, to worship our Lord and Savior. And um, I'm Kevin. I'm the pastor of Student Ministries. Thanks so much, worship team. Thank you, Greg, for praying. Uh, thank you, Kyle and Lauren, for sharing a little bit, uh, just a little window into what um, all your generosity goes towards uh, here at Grace Point and, and beyond. And uh, we've seen so many ways that, that, that your generosity has extended um, beyond what we could ever have hoped or imagined. So thanks, Thanks for that. Thanks for the opportunity this morning to be uh, sharing from God's Word, and um, hopefully we'll, we'll be mutually encouraged and grow together. Um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, we're in kind of an awkward Sunday. It's, it's still December, but Christmas is over, and we're not in the new year yet. Now, some of you, it's like, man, thank goodness Christmas is over. That was hard. That was rough. Uh, some, for some of us, it's just a tough season. Uh, but for others of us, we're, we're like, man, we're feeling a really drawn down feeling right now of like, we just had all that Christmas magic. We had, we had all the, the music, all the gifts, all that stuff. And now we're starting to see um, everything be drawn down, those, those things be put away and the gifts be put on shelves. And we're feeling like, oh, now we're in kind of that lull that, that time in between Christmas and New Year's. And I don't know about you, but I could, I could do it without a lot of the trappings of the Christmas season. Um, for one, uh, jingle bells. Let, let me explain this. I work with a guy in the office who will remain unnamed who has a pen with jingle bells on the end of it. And he insists on incessantly using this pen all Christmas season. Even when he is in his office and I'm in mine, I can hear the jingle bells every time he writes. So that gets annoying, okay? You can imagine that gets a little, little bit obnoxious. I'm not going to name who that is, though. I'm going to leave them anonymous. Um, also, some of the silly kind of hallmarky Christmas music that kind of comes on and plays all the time, I could do without that too. Dominic the Christmas donkey? Are you kidding me? What is that? I still have not figured out what that is. So um, anyway, I could do without, without those things. But lights, that is completely different. The lights are completely different for me. I love seeing the Christmas lights. It, I don't know why it is. Something just resonates deep in my soul when I see those lights. Like my family will drive all the way to hers potato chip factory to see the lights, to see all of those trees strung up with lights. We will drive around here just locally. We'll, we'll, we'll post up for a like, kind of creepy amount of time at houses where you can turn, tune your radio to the light display. And it kind of, like, especially in our 15-passenger van, it's really creepy. <laughs> so, like, I'll roll up with the lights off uh, just to add to the effect. But anyway, we love the lights. Have you ever wondered why that is? I don't know if you can relate to that, but for me, I think... Uh, it has something to do with um, 
the nature of light. I don't know if you've ever been backpacking or camping, but if you're on the trail and it starts getting dark, light is essential. It's critical. It doesn't just make you feel safe. It actually can keep you safe. And it can be the difference between surviving and not surviving. If you lose your light and you're in the darkness and you see a light in the distance, that light in the distance can be the difference between totally giving up and having a little bit of a little bit of a glimmer of hope. Something, something that wells up that hope inside you. Light is powerful. It helps you see. It helps you feel safe and keeps you safe. And light also helps you feel full of what some have called that Christmas magic. Christmas spirit, Christmas magic, um, whatever you want to call it. Yet, at the end of the season, when the lights come down, when they start going back into the box and going back into storage, sometimes that Christmas spirit gets packed up too. And we're kind of in that, at least for me, we're in that awkward space in between Christmas and New Year's where, okay, it was so easy to be generous when the lights were out, when we were having that visual representation of generosity and hope and whatever, safety, security. It was all around us. So generosity just floats in the season. But now those things are starting to come off the trees and be boxed up and put away for the season. And it becomes challenging to be generous in the same way. And maybe you experience what some people report, actually many people report, December 26th as kind of the most down they feel all year. The day after Christmas. Why? Because we've just experienced this awesome season. We've experienced that Christmas magic. We've experienced that visual reminder nonstop, 24-7, of the light. And now it's being put away. So what do we do when being generous starts to feel more like a chore? Starts to feel less automatic and less just natural? When being generous isn't just the default that we go to? And I think the apostle... um, John has something to share with us this morning. I think when we look at uh, his gospel, we notice some really, really cool things. First of all, because John was pretty much, because John outlived the other gospel writers, the other disciples, he has a unique perspective on the life of Jesus. He's had time not only to report the events, And he's had time to think and ponder deeply the meaning behind them. What we have, what we have when we look at um, John's gospel is this really unique perspective of, uh, of a guy who's had time to think not only about the what, but the why behind it. And as we've already been mentioning, uh, we've talked about how significant and how special lights are. So I think it's no coincidence 
that John decides to use light as the way to describe Jesus. And that's why I decided to call this morning's message in light of this. Because in light of this reality, there are some pretty big implications for us. But just let's look at what uh, John writes in, in John chapter 1, um, verses 4 and 5. And keep this, keep this question in your mind, like this might be something that resonates with you. What happened to the Christmas spirit? It was here just a few days ago. What happened to it? And I hope that as we look at John's words, I hope as we get into these inspired words, we'll be able to kind of revive some of this Christmas spirit. But let's look at, let's look at how John interprets the events of Jesus' coming. In John chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, he says, In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's John chapter 1, verse 14. And then here's one that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle, but I think we should, this should be as famous and as popular as John 3.16. This first John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. First John 3.16. See, Jesus came to show us what love looks like. He, gave, he came to embody the very character of God so that we could see it. So we wouldn't just be reading about it. And we wouldn't just be guessing as to the character of God. We could actually see what the light of the world looks like. We could actually see God in the person of Jesus. Because the light of the world has come, we know what real love looks like. And we know what God looks like. That's an incredible reality to just sit with and think about for a second. We know what the invisible God of the universe looks like. We know something of his character. We know something of his person because he decided to give the greatest gift that we've ever received, the light of the world, his son. But I want you to notice something else. In this passage, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This isn't just telling us what God has done. This is giving us what we should do as well. Look, ought to. That is a huge ought to. It's massive. We can be, no, we ought to be the light of the world. So let me ask you, what is your ought to? What does the light lead you to do? What might seeing God's generosity move you to give? 
So we can be light and we can give our time, we can give our energy, we can give our wisdom, our power, our expertise, our guidance, our lives. I wonder. And interestingly enough, there is, there is science to back up the fact that those people that are more generous tend to be the happiest as well. It's a neat side benefit to being generous, to looking out for somebody else's best interests above your own, to follow in Jesus' footsteps and say, you know what, this is going to cost something of me, but it's worth it because I get to be generous in this. Listen to this. Science Daily, July 11th, 2017. The University of Zurich does a study, and they come out with these results. Generosity makes people happier, even if they're only a little generous. People who act solely out of self-interest are less happy. Merely promising to be more generous is enough to trigger a change in our brains that makes us happier. For some of you, that's like, duh, no-brainer. That's, that's how I've been living my life for years. Of course, I've felt happier as I've been generous. But for some of us, it's like, what? How could that possibly be? We're kind of scratching our heads like, you mean I have to give stuff in order to feel happiness? Those things are correlated? So I don't know what camp you're in. I don't, know, I don't know where you land on that spectrum, but just let that, let that sink in for a second. Science is proving what we kind of, most of us have intuitively known all along. So what's keeping us, what's keeping you from an un- uncommon generosity? That Christmas magic type of generosity all year round. Yes, you probably felt it. You probably had a brush with it over this Christmas season. Maybe it was really intense. Maybe, maybe you just felt a little taste of it. But how can we continue that Christmas magic, that Christmas spirit all year round? I wonder if it might have something to do with a mindset that comes really easily. Uh, it comes really easily in certain seasons, but it's harder during others. Um, and this is a, it's a, a mindset of either scarcity or abundance. And let me picture it this way for you. So let's say you and I are walking down the street. We're breathing in and out easily, no thought to the oxygen. Now, jump to another scenario. We are 50 feet under the ocean surface. We're scuba diving. We're both reliant on regulators and the oxygen tanks on our backs. Suddenly, I give the, uh uh-oh, something's not right signal. And now you're focused on me. My primary regulator isn't working. I take that out, grab my backup one, put it in. Nope, thumbs down, now we're in real trouble. You quick take a real deep breath out of your regulator and then hand it to me. And in that moment, our eyes lock and we're both thinking, "Uh, is there gonna be enough? Do we have enough oxygen for the both of us now to get back to safety? And suddenly, oxygen has become a precious commodity. 
it's the most, it's all we can think about. It's the, it's the most valuable thing suddenly because it's scarce. It's limited. Now, some of us, our approach to life, we're living in that scenario. We're living out, out that scenario of that mindset that, man, if somebody gets a bigger slice of the pie, that's going to mean less for me. If somebody takes some of the oxygen out of my, my uh oxygen tank, that means there's going to be less for me. I'm not sure if there's going to be enough. But there's another mindset that you can have. And it's the mindset of abundance. That there isn't just one pie out there, but there's plenty for everyone. There's plenty to go around and then have left over. And I don't think you get there overnight. I don't think you get to that mentality overnight, especially if the script in your mind has, has been rehearsed, that there's only so much, that the resources are limited. That script that says things like, oh, things are always going to be there, be this way. There's, there's no way to change it. Or I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough. I'll have to just do without. Or they have more than me. They have the stuff that I want. How could I possibly give what I don't have? And if we're not intentional about focusing on what really matters, we could end up reinforcing that scarcity mentality that there's only so much instead of replacing it with an abundance mentality, a mentality that comes out of putting our faith and trust in an endless source of light and hope and love. See, I could spend time with my family totally and fully present, engaged, playing silly games, doing whatever. I could actually feel like it's very, very draining. But it could be that moment, that opportunity to shine a little bit of light. Or I could disengage. I could physically disengage, go to a different room. It's a little bit too loud. I don't quite feel up to this right now. I need to conserve my energy at this point in the holiday season. I could be physically present and mentally completely absent. I don't know about you, but I'm like really good at that. In fact, Amelia calls me out on it. She'll say, she'll say space out police. Snaps me right out of it. But what would it cost to engage? What would it cost to be fully present? Even when it might not be the easiest thing to do, even when it might feel like, oh, this is going to be a drain. When we're talking about generosity in terms of Jesus and the light of the world, we're speaking beyond a mindset. We're speaking reality now. We're speaking into his grace and his generosity that has no limit. We will always have enough. There's no reservoir of oxygen that's being depleted. The supply is limitless. It's what, what comes easily when the lights are still on display can continue all year round. Because Jesus has shown us a way to make generosity 
as simple as breathing. Light fills us as we take it in. Light purifies and works in our hearts and in our souls. Light shines, illuminates, it exposes things, it shows us, it reveals a present and a future God. It reveals a present and a future us. Light helps us see on several levels and it's meant to be shared. So the words John wrote down, they're really helpful. But we can be encouraged even further. We can be encouraged by the words of Jesus. In Matthew, we have Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Jesus gives us these words, and this is found in Matthew 5. If you want to turn there, you can. But look at, look at verses 14 uh, and 15. This is Jesus speaking to a crowd not too dissimilar from us. Normal, normal people gathered together listening to his words. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Some translations say basket. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That is an incredible word, because Jesus, you would expect him to stand up on the mountain and say, I'm the light. But he does something different. He says, you're the light. You, 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 you. Pointing to individual people standing in front of him. You are the light of the world. We have the same light that Jesus spoke of. We have the same light that Jesus brought. And Jesus, I think, is calling us to fight the temptation towards that scarcity mindset that says, ah, there's only a limited amount. And he's saying, look at me, look at me. This is the unlimited supply of light, of generosity. And he's calling us towards that. He's calling us towards that abundance mindset that sees that there is no end to his light. And that if we just trust in that, if we would just lift up those baskets or lift up that bowl so that others could see it, it would extend and multiply. And indeed, there would be plenty to go around and then some. See, the counterintuitive reality is that um, the only way to keep the light powerful is to share it. And God shared his son with us. God sending Jesus is the ultimate example of generosity. And now we can be generous. Now we ought to be generous. And shine light on who God is by the uncommon choices that we make every day.
and the actions that we follow through with. Not because we have to, but we ought to. So how can we do this? How can we live with the kind of generosity that Jesus has shown us? I want to offer this up. It's something that I heard called plus one. So just picture this. You're sitting down at the table to write an encouraging note to a friend or someone in your family. Someone you know that needs it. Well, you write that note, and then as soon as you're done, you think, you know what? How can I plus one this? Think of one more person to write an encouraging note to. Do a second one. Or what about this? You're planned out your meals for the week for your family. You're, you're shopping for all the ingredients. You have a great menu plan. And then you think, while you're at the aisle getting those ingredients, well, how can I plus one this? What's another family that might really benefit from using a meal? Double the ingredients. Just plus one. So on, um, on that note, Catherine and I have experienced this directly. We've experienced what plus one generosity looks like. So we have a couple of lovely people in our lives that they volunteer to babysit for our kids. If you don't know us, we have five kids. 11 years old is the oldest, down to almost two years old. So you can imagine the chaos. Okay, babysitting is one thing. Let's plus one. They don't wait for us to give them a date. They get in contact with us to, to say, hey, here's some dates. Pick one. Then they plus one again. And they say, you know what? We're going to do it for free. Are you kidding me? I mean, this seems like maybe something little, like babysitting, not a big deal, but it's massive. It's huge for us. For Catherine and me, this shines light directly into our relationship. It shows us a little bit of the character of God. It's a little thing maybe, but it's really, really significant. Also, my wife Catherine just broke her leg recently. What happened? You guys, many of you guys, made us meals. So many meals. A meal every night for weeks. Now, so I'm a gifts person and I'm a food person. So you hit two things with one stone with me on that. And extended periods of time, that was incredible. We got to see generosity like it should just be felt all the time, I think. And honestly, there was so much that if we still have one of your pots and pans, please just let us know because I, I have no idea. We've got all kinds of extra pots and pans now. <laughs> but that for me is the church being the church. That's, that's the church being the light. In a, in a time that could have been really dark for us, we had light enough to see. It made it way easier to get through those initial weeks for sure. So with an abundance mindset, imagine how you can light the, uh, light the way for somebody else. 
Imagine how you could be light in the darkness for somebody else. And imagine how that might end up pointing someone else to Jesus. What's going to be your next plus one? See, we can live like there is plenty to go around all year round if we're relying on the light. We're not only inspired by the light, we're drawing on the light and letting it flow through us. That's an endless supply. It will never be tapped. And generosity has an amazing effect on people. It draws people in. Generosity could be the thing that opens up a relationship or a conversation that leads someone to Jesus, that changes someone's life forever, someone's eternity forever. So he doesn't just show us how to do it, but Jesus gives us the power to do it too. So here's my challenge. You decide ahead of time right now. Choose generosity, an abundance mindset, and a plus one approach. It's fairly simple to say, really hard to do. But a nice side benefit of being generous is that it's probably going to lead to happiness. Our generosity might actually be linked to that Christmas magic that we're longing for all year round. With an abundance mentality, we're going to change our script a little bit too. We're going to say, you know what, there is enough for everyone. More than enough. Food, knowledge, love, everything. And as the light of the world extends and multiplies our generosity in ways that we can possibly hope or imagine, we're going to see that there's plenty left over too. As we continue to plus one, we might end up being a light that shines in someone's darkness, just giving them enough to see their next step giving them enough so that they can have hope to not give up, that they might be able to survive, that they're going to get through this, that the situation will change, that nothing's permanent. It's no wonder that the happiest people are the most generous. They've chosen to give freely, sacrificially, unconditionally. Interestingly, it's likely that if you choose to give, you'll probably get exactly what you wanted for Christmas all year round. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your gifts. Thank you for not just being a distant God, but coming down and being in our space, inhabiting our space, shining your light so that we could see, giving us an example that we can follow, not in our own strength, but in your strength alone. An example that is so undeniable, so irresistible that people are drawn to it. 
so simple, Lord, but so difficult at times. God, I pray that if we're in that that kind of weird, awkward feeling of like being really drawn down and like feeling low right now because the seasons are kind of changing or whatever, God, I pray that you would you would help us to remember that you've given us the example of generosity that has never been seen before, that is unmatched. God, I pray that that would inspire and encourage us to live with that kind of generosity. That you would help us to think about how we can share the abundance that you've given us how we can, in even small little ways, but significant ways, shine light into the darkness for somebody else. God, that we would look to the way that you've been generous, the way that you've been present, the way that you have uh, shown up and embodied the very character of God. I pray that we would look at that and be moved. And be moved to action. Lord, thank you for your son. Thank you for bringing the light into the world so that we could see and so that we could share that with other, others. Help us this week, help us this year to be about sharing your light. In Jesus' name.